Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. Okay, I'm really excited and this could not come at a better time for us to be speaking because I have the literally inimitable in my eyes, Danielle Weinstein with me, um, who is a voice in astrology that astrology really needs, I think, because your approach is so grounded and so direct and so tangible and not kind of, you know, hung up in the woo-woo platitudes nor in the victim mentality side of astrology. And so I really, my inner scientist like really um, connects to the way that, you know, you explain it like you would be explaining maths to somebody, basically, you know, it's like the same way. So thank you for being here, Danny. Thank you for having me. What a compliment. I feel the same about you. I always love following your stories because it's just like nuggets of gold after nuggets of gold, <laughs> nuggets of gold. Thank you. So um, the reason why I say it's so timely is because I don't know how many people listening are really into astrology and know that this is happening, but March, this March 2023 is just like a giant month and one that I think is really going to um, be like a jump off point for people's consciousness, basically. So I really want to ask you about what's going to be happening. Yeah. But I also want before that, I want you to share about like why people who are skeptical, like why does astrology work? Like what, why is astrology real? Like how does it, how is it so accurate and how does it become so, um, the more you look, the deeper it goes and it never stops and there's never more truth to it. It's really wild. And I think, you know, the thing about astrology is once you go into it, you realize there's so many different ways to interpret. For example, there's like tropical and side rail, which are two different ways of understanding or interpreting the sky. In side rail, it's more like what is happening now, whereas tropical, which most Western astrologers, including myself, use, are kind of based on the like Babylonian, Egyptian kind of model of what they saw and how they interpreted it. But the way that I kind of look at, look at it is that we all hold archetypes within us, mm -hmm. right? All of us have all of the archetypes within us to varying degrees. And if we look at the pull of the sky, if we look at the, you know, the tides in the ocean, for example, we're 78% water, right? Mm -hmm. So when we see how the tides affect the water, why wouldn't they affect us? And I think the mm -hmm. thing that's really wild about it, and I'm, you know, I've always felt like the burden of proof is not on me. It's like, I'm not mm -hmm. here to convince anyone that it's yeah. true. I, that's not my work. That's not my job. But what I have found to be so helpful is when people look at it as archetypal rather than as like this is going to happen this is going to happen predictive because what predictive energy does is it robs us of agency and it robs mm. us of free will and yeah. let's say everything is faded let's just say it is right do we still want to go through our life 
believing that we have no agency. And I go back to the ancient Greeks and like, you know, Oedipus, for example, and the story of Oedipus and how it was fated and there was a free will component, right? Yeah. How there's that kind of, I don't think we'll ever make sense of it in this mortal container. And I think that's okay. Yeah. But what I have found having read thousands of charts is that it's always right. That's all I can say, you know? Yeah. And so, but it's really, it's wild how it's been around for millennia and yeah. used for millennia. And also it's crazy because different civilizations all studied it, even where, even though they didn't know each other and exactly. they all came to similar conclusions. Exactly. I remember in, in college, my roommate was taking this course all about creation myths and how all kind of societies around the world had very similar creation myths, no matter, you know, if it was in Africa or North America or, you know, the Middle East or whatever, or even Nordic is like all the same kind of raw data. And it's the mm. same thing with astrology. It's like many roads lead to Rome. Yeah. It's incredible because um, I think people are really, you know, we can talk about Saturn and Pisces, but there is going to be a real sort of like um, sobering up of spirituality, I feel, where yeah. the stuff that is real about spirituality will become even more like there'll be even more evidence probably for towards yeah. why it's real. And then the stuff that is just kind of like the fluff and the superficiality and all that sort of thing will probably um fall away but for me you know whenever I'm staying in a place in nature and I'm looking up at night and you're not watching tv and just like laying on the grass you kind of think to yourself well if no one had tv and they would be looking at the stars they would be noticing patterns that would be your entertainment for the night and you would be able to look at it just like you look at a map of the earth you look at a map of the stars and you you start to chart the movements of the very predictable movements of certain um planets in certain areas and and corners of of you know the the galaxy yes and also what else did we do since the beginning of time we told stories to make sense of our lives and mm -hmm. astrology really is a window into the narrative and stories that we tell ourselves and so i think mm -hmm. that correlation right because they looked up in the sky and it's like oh what do i see i see an archer mm -hmm. and then you create a story around that right mm -hmm. and that story is filled with archetypes and so I do think it comes back to this very deeply human need to create story in order to understand ourselves and understand the human condition. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense because in many ways it's easier to understand when you pull in an archetype. Yep. Um, you can kind of draw the conclusions or it clarifies it in your mind as well. And I love that you said that. Um, and that's really something that you focus on is your psychology and your mentality and the way that you the stories that you tell yourself or the ways that you tell yourself you are, because what you do a lot is focus on you. You do give the responsibility back to the person whenever yep. you whenever you've done a reading to me, it's like where what's the thought in your mind that is contributing this or how do you change that thought or that perspective or whatever it is um and i think that's really powerful because that's i think the the seed level at which you can actually make change rather than just be like brace yourself for three months time because you may have this like it's so much more you really really um ground it well that's always my goal i think of like I think of Jung, right? Carl Jung, who was a big believer in astrology and also spoke very deeply that when, until the unconscious becomes conscious, it shows up as fate. Mm -hmm. So when we have a transit or something that's showing up in our life, it's really there to bring deeper awareness to our own 
core. Like what is our default patterning? What is our tendencies? We think of karma, but karma is really tendency. Like what do we lean into? And then it's like, okay, well, what do we do with that? So, you know, I get so many people that are like, oh my God, I'm having a Saturn transit. Should I be scared? And it's like, no, how about this is a really rich, fertile period to build your own backbone, to understand yourself, to engage with life. Because I think a lot of what ails our modern society is this addiction to comfort rather than when yet we crave aliveness, right? Don't we crave aliveness, but we at our deepest core, but yet the whole idea is like comfort, comfort, comfort. So then it's like, oh no, Saturn's bad. Saturn isn't bad at all. We wouldn't have anything in physical world reality without Saturn. Yeah. Right. And Pluto, like the underworld, well, Pluto transits are incredible for transformation. Incredible. Like you need that fertile soil. So instead of saying like, oh, this is bad or Jupiter is amazing. Well, Jupiter can also inflate whatever it touches. So do you want it to inflate debt, for example? Or do you want to inflate your ability to navigate and be a steward of your finances? So not giving power away or outsourcing power to these entities, but rather utilizing them, you know, for our own growth. And honestly, I I feel the same way when I look at a human design chart, because every um, even if you just take the gifts, like the numbers in your chart, there's a positive expression and a negative expression and exactly so many levels in between. So it's again, our consciousness that we plug into things that determines whether um, those things are going to express in certain ways and and negative ways. And that's also why I think with predictive is like, you could say, well, there might be a, an opportunity for Mm a up level in romance, but it's not to say you're either, you know, you, (laughs) who are we to say you're getting married or you're getting divorced in, in you know june 26 for example like <laughs> you can't you don't know that you you see the energies that are at play but you're not seeing necessarily the literals because there's so many different ways that it can play out yeah and i think that you know and i say this with all due respect i think a lot of that is amateur reading because you know if you look at a thousand charts and you see, okay, just because someone has Saturn in the seventh, it does not mean they don't get married or they only married someone who's older or whatever. So these these kind of um, tropes or memes become Mm. irrelevant the more you understand the human condition and the more you understand that we're all carrying around these shadows and also context matters, like the age in which we're living, Mm. right? There's more single women now than married women in America. It's something like that. The statistic is very close. Um, So it's like very different than Mm. a period where a woman literally needed to get married in order to have a house to live in. Right. Right? You have to take in context. Yes. As well. Yes. It makes so much sense because it means that the seventh house house probably takes on a different meaning and then therefore a placement there takes on a different meaning and yeah our culture and how we adapt um things but I guess also that makes me think like how our culture can also sway the the true meaning of things right like everybody's thinking something's really cool at the moment Mm -hmm. probably doesn't strip away the fact that reality with a capital R also operates in certain Mm -hmm. rules like what you're saying about comfort for example like we all think that we want comfort and there's a huge trend of like you know don't listen to any of your fears or all your fears (laughs) are not real or when they really do have some this is just a small example like they really have some goal to give us if we listen to them or if you have you know trauma or victim consciousness like all these different things um 
you know, sometimes they can overlay onto the way that life is, you know, it is uncomfortable and it has to, like you said, it kind of has to be uncomfortable for us to have growth and, and be fully realized. Also, you know, there's also this piece of us, I'm reading this book um, or read this book today called Existential Kink. And it's, it's the same it's kind by of by Kelly Brogan, isn't it? Yes. Do you oh, know? she talked about it anyway. She's the one that talks about it. I think it's Carolyn something. I don't have it in front of me, but it's, you know, it's interesting. It's like, it's a lot of what I learned in my master's program. They called it a secondary gain, but the thing that we claim to reject is, you know, there's material for that. And there's also a part of us that gets off on it. So yeah. if we're saying like, oh, no, I can't feel fear or we're rejecting fear, it's like shadow work, right? If we're mm -hmm. rejecting fear, well, then that fear is going to get stronger and it's going to run the show. It goes back to that Jung quote, right? Mm -hmm. Until the unconscious becomes conscious, it shows up as fate. Mm -hmm. So it's like that whole thing, that whole kind of like spiritual bypass of like, just look to the light, etc. Well, the stronger the light, the stronger the shadow because mm -hmm. on the earth plane, there's the balance. And I, Always. you know, going back to what you said before and like the culture of the time, it's also right, the projections and illusions that we all live in and buy into. Like the easiest one to think about is like money. Money itself mm -hmm. has no value in and of itself. It's a piece of, well, now it's digital, right? But it mm -hmm. has no value, it has the value that we give it. Mm -hmm. And you can yeah. see that in so much of life, right? And so much of what surrounds us, but there is a capital R, as you said, reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of what I love about astrology is the, the tapping into that. But a lot of what we see in astrology also is the manipulating the energy or the interpretation of the energy in order to satisfy the agenda of X, Y, or Z. Yes. Because progress yes. means different things to different people, right? To one end of the spectrum, pro progress is like, we need to go back to living like the Amish. Mm -hmm. And to another, you know, set of people, progress is like, we need to be on a spaceship. Yeah. And then there's everything in between, right? So words also, you know, take on different meaning depending on who's sharing it. It's all, it's all one big kind of illusion and game. That's why I think coming back to realizing everything is a perception. Mm -hmm. What is the perception that you're having and recognizing the energy itself is neutral? Yes. Until yes. it's directed. And then you get to use it. And you get yep. to decide how to use it. And exactly. if you want to use it for, for um, you know, I've done this, you know, if you want to use it for self-indulgence or, or to feel sorry for yourself, you absolutely can, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like that existential kink. Like what part of us feels good to yeah. like stay in bed and like have some ice cream and watch Bridget, Stone's, Bridget Jones' diary. Like, and that's yeah. okay, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, mm -hmm. it's all a choice. And that can yes. be overwhelming at times because freedom which so many of us claim to want actually comes with a whole host of responsibility. Oh, speaking of, I think that's a perfect segue into March, by the way, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, but I do think I've been playing with this a lot because it's also a big part of the, the whole new paradigm thing with, with human design is that we're getting so much more freedom than ever before, but it's also like, be careful what you wish for because freedom also comes with its, um, just be aware, not be careful what you wish for, but, but freedom comes with its own set of um, challenges yes, and, and things that have to, you know, growth edges and points that we have to start to contend with because of, you know, for whatever reason, 
um, it's not as this dream thing that's been sold to us, you know, to not have any safety nets at all and to not have, um, you know, well, if you get all the freedom, now what, right? So, well, you'll what do you do with it? Say, what do you do with it? What and do do how do you direct it? So, okay, so let's just start. March starts off, right, with Venus and Jupiter meeting in Aries. So that happens once a year. Venus and Jupiter will meet up. Jupiter takes 12 years to run the Zodiac and deals with expansion. This year it's in Aries. They'll meet up in Aries on March 1st. And that that is like that first burst of energy, right? Aries is like, I'm, I'm going in. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to OTJ on job training. I'm going to learn as I go, et cetera, right? Kind of jumps right in. So there's a kind of feeling of, oh, how good do you want it? Mm. Right? Like how, how are you willing to be all in? Not attached to outcome. Are you willing to be all in? Because it's a very action-oriented energy, right? And then next major thing is March 7th. So March 7th, we have a full moon in Virgo. Okay, full moon once a month, you know, but Saturn moves into Pisces. And that's once every 28 and a half years. So Saturn, and it takes about two and a half years in each sign. So Saturn moves into Pisces, the last sign of the Zodiac, which is all about mysticism, the healing arts, the unseen world, etc. Letting go, surrender, mm. trust, not passivity, but it can also be victim consciousness, martyrdom, escapism, addiction. So Saturn comes along, it tries to clean it up. It says, okay, what are the lessons here? How are we going to work with victim consciousness, right? So that's the edge of freedom right there's a kind of edge there and then saturn then is preparing to move into aries which is the first sign of the zodiac and kind of starting the whole cycle again so i think like you said we're going to see a lot of uh we're going to see a lot of kind of clarification about what's real in the spiritual world like what ancient practices really have merit and worth and i think that there's something you know about the kind of middle path right? Mm -hmm. Looking at where we want to go to, to extremes because it feels good, right? The algorithm of social media and the extremes, it's like, oh, it kind of gives us a high in a way. And I think we're going to look at like, well, how do we relate to the gray matter? How do we relate to the unknown or recognizing the infinite number of possibilities? And yes. how do we relate to pure potentiality, which is also kind of a Piscean theme. Mm. Also, things around creativity, art, artistic expression, we're starting to see a clampdown on books being censored from both sides, right? So I think there's gonna be a lot of lessons around art and artistic wow. expression and seeing oneself as a vessel. I'm hoping one of my prayers is that the content that puts out is more compassionate and heart-centered. Oh, that's beautiful. Right? Because so much of what's out there is so dark mm. <laughs> and just, and that's, you know, there's a place for all of it. And I think it's helping people work out the collective unconscious as it always is, but we need a little bit more romanticism. And I don't just mean like, you know, in, in love relationships, like yeah. romanticism, like, movies like yeah yes like movies like field of dreams that like you know really teach spiritual lessons in an anchored kind of but dreamlike way so that's mm -hmm. one of my prayers and that there is healing and a kind of yeah. coming together so that's march 7th 
So that's really significant. And then and that's March- a longer term. That's not just we're going to see it on March 7th. And then next day, we're going to wake up like just so people understand like this no. is a big like an area where we're going to have to tend to and, um, you know, two and a half uh, years. Yeah, which is really big. I mean, I remember when you had that when Saturn moved into Aquarius, that was what um, when there was that conjunction, wasn't there? In, uh... It started in 2020 dur- in, yeah. from March to July, and then Saturn backtracked into Capricorn and then re-entered. Yes, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, I think you're talking about. Yeah. So, but you were yes, saying it was in there before that, at the beginning of the first lockdown. Exactly. Is when it changed signs last. Yes. And I think Saturn in Aquarius has been preparing us for Pluto in Aquarius. Yes. So then we have the spring equinox, at least here in the northern hemisphere, we have a spring equinox and a new moon at zero point Aries. So the Aries point. So that is like on the 21st. Yeah. So that's like that again, that like burst of energy, that Aries energy that I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to connect to my own fire. Right. And then March 24th, Pluto starts to make its way into Aquarius. And, you know, the interesting thing, so Saturn is about physical real world lessons. And we've been getting that, right? Things like chat GBT, like AI, just at the tail end of Saturn in Aquarius. Aquarius. Yeah, like also groupthink. Mm -hmm. Again, kind of censorship, because Aquarius is progressive. Yes, but Mm. it's also the collective. Mm. So a lot of like, what about individuality? Mm-hmm. So Pluto, which is death and rebirth, is there going to be a death of the individual? Is there going to be a rebirth of the individual? Is it going to be transhumanism? Mm. How are we going to relate to technology? Are we going to integrate it and utilize our humanity? Or are we going to shut down our humanity? The last time Pluto was in Aquarius, we had the Revolutionary War in America and then also the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Just so huge. some huge 200 years 250 Four, yeah exactly 248 like years exactly yeah. the declaration of independence was signed when pluto was in capricorn and then obviously the war extended right and then the war in france which took some of its cues in some ways some could argue but a lot of it is like the everyday man against like the bigger structures. And that got started with Pluto and Capricorn. Pluto moved into Capricorn 2008. Capricorn is the establishment. We had the first, you know, we had the great recession and then we had me too. And then we had the kind of breakdown of the established order. And then it's like, okay, is the power gonna go back into the working man? And here's the interesting thing. It's like, what comes of that? It could go a million different ways not a million, right? But it could go like there is then a new kind of political system that's enforced or it could go like the rise of liberty again and individuality, which we saw back then in the 1700s. Yeah. So that's like also the free will, right? Like history, it's, we're still driving the car. We haven't Mm -hmm. given our power completely away. Even so I think it sometimes feels like we have, we have, it totally does. Yeah. So I think, and then surveillance and all of those really big questions, but then it comes up to like, as an individual, what choices mm-hmm. do you want to make? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. the freedom piece, right? Yeah. It can feel overwhelming to say, okay, I'm going to take my power back and my freedom. It's easier, quote unquote, yes, 
to submit to the powers that be. But that has rarely ended well in history. Short term, it may seem easier to defer to yeah. the powers that be. But because this time is so much about, well, because um, I guess Saturn, um, Pluto being in Capricorn, excuse me, for yeah. the last 20 something years is in a way a change of structures and governments and institutions. Yeah. Um, it's almost like now when it moves into Aquarius, which is about the collective, it's like it's going to not let us um, rely on those old. So the fact that the fact that we have Saturn moving sign and Pluto moving sign in the same month in the space of two weeks is just like almost unheard. I mean, that's it's like major. really, truly once in a blue moon, uh, to use another astrological term. <laughs> it really is once in a blue moon type of thing, isn't it? It's major. It's really major. And, you know, outer planets, both of those are outer planets, deal with the collective, but they hit us individually. So where are they hitting us in our chart? What planets or luminaries, the sun and moon, or angles are they hitting in our chart? And what is it like, where are the lessons present for us as individuals? Because there's a collective thing, but then there's also a highly individualized thing. Yes, and it's almost like we can't lose um, sight of our work and our part in this by getting so caught up in what's happening in the world, what's happening in the yeah. world, quote unquote, because that's also depends on your perspective, right? We, The way I see it is the best way we can do it is figure out what we, that's it. Our stuff, right? Also, like we incarnated in order to play out our journey, right? It's kind of Shakespearean. It's like all the world's a stage. So if we incarnated at this time, it's like, what is our what is our soul path at this time? Like if you watch a movie, for example, with the backdrop of like World War II or the Civil War or like major world events, you still have individual lives. People are still falling in love. They're having children. They are futuristic, right? They are still like innovating or creating something. There's still beauty. There's community. Like it's so easy to get caught up. And Mm. I think it's also, it's true, but it's also a distraction. And I think that people it's almost like its own kind of high to like be at rage at whatever is happening outside rather than saying, okay, what is my role? What is the thing that I'm here? We're all here to move towards love ultimately, right? Our souls are here to move towards love. But like, what are the skill sets that I have? How do I wanna utilize them? How do I wanna show up in the world? And, you know, I think you and I have talked about this, but the idea of like, what is the end goal? Because often people think like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to manifest like a beach vacation. Amazing. But the beach vacation is going to end. Yeah. So what are you going to do on the other side? Like the thing that we really crave is to feel generative. No matter what we, you know, whatever human design is that we feel like we are participating or engaging at whatever our natural rhythm is. Right. Yes. And feeling productive and i don't mean that in a like slaving away energy but like no generative creative exactly yeah exactly and so i think that's the real thing especially that these are happening you know saturn is at the tail end of winter in the northern hemisphere but pluto moving into aquarius is at the very beginning of spring so Mm. you've got this like aries energy and that's happening and then that takes us into april where we have the solar eclipse in Aries at the last degree of Aries. And that feels like, cause that really launches the Aries Libra eclipses. 
Mm-hmm. And that feels also like identity, you know, coming into your own, but not at the expense of others. Because I think another thing that I'm seeing a lot is like the over-reliance on harsh boundaries, but it's like yes. Aquarius is about the collective. It is about community and getting along and it's about the individual. It's paradoxical, yes. right? So if we give everyone the freedom you know, by and large, to express themselves and their pure mm-hmm. self, then there is a natural kind of rhythm. It's like if you look, I was saying this the other day, if you look at the natural world, order isn't imposed from no. the top down. It no. grows organically. The fungi, right, are all having a conversation. Mm-hmm. So we have that, but our minds get in the way. Our yes. stories get in the way. Yes. And are like exactly. othering right and our projections and our blame and so Mm. really the thing is like how do we drop how do we decondition how do we drop all of that and get to our pure self yes and it's it's amazing because i think part of our longer conditioning the conditioning that has been in the waters for thousands of years is like it it it's like a zero-sum game so i have to get if you if you get your way then it means i don't get mine right exactly but there is this amazing thing of like you know the way I think about it in like a micro way is like you should always express your needs, but that doesn't mean that you'll always get them met. Exactly. So it's actually that you are just playing your, you're doing it because you expressing your needs is your, is your, that's what brings you into alignment. You don't, it's not about making other people and forcing other people to fit around your agenda or not having an, pretending like you don't have an agenda at all, right? It's like, Completely. these are the things that I need. And sometimes people will be able to meet them. Sometimes our puzzle pieces will fit better together. Sometimes they won't, but none of that should be life-threatening or character assassinating worth, um, you also, know, just functioning. Yes, this also gets to a deeper conversation because it is, is it our conscious need or- is it our unconscious mm. need? Meaning our conscious need may say, I need someone loving and affectionate. Our unconscious need may be, I need, I need someone far away because I was hurt and I don't want to experience closeness. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Rolling Stones song. You don't get what you, know, you want, but you get what you need. So I think it's also recognizing, is it A, is it a want or a need? And B, if it's not being met, is there a contrary unconscious need that's actually being met? Yes. Yes. And that's the juice. That secondary gain as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's like, instead of like focusing on when that person is doing a, across the globe, if we can look at ourselves and say, oh, what's all this richness and complexity that's happening inside of me that's mm. creating this projection screen outside of me so that I can work through this, then we all recognize we're all on a soul journey. And this is where I think it it does benefit us to figure out like these huge movements and these huge changes. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think there's also like a triple, like a three conjunction thing going on as well soon. Three yeah. planets coming into conjunction. Yeah. It's like, it benefits us to not just think about how is this gonna affect the whole world, but how is this affecting me in my chart? And again, like the way you do it, is all I'm going to, I'm just going to say it that way. Like the way you do it, which is just like grounded and straightforward. So I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm curious as to, because you have your understanding astrology, like 101, I yeah. don't know what you're calling it. Yeah, astrology 101. Out, yeah. astrology 101 <laughs> coming out on the 1st of March. Are you 
did that come to you? And then you realized the timing of it was perfect to come out yes. in March or wow. Well, here's the thing. I'm not crazy. I'm not like, let me check the dates. I was like, I'm feeling March 1st. And then I checked March 1st and I was like, oh, that's a really good day for mm. this. Like also for my own chart and just the energy of like me showing up in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that often happens is like yeah. I tune in and then there's an alignment and I always have like a loose understanding, you know, mm -hmm. or knowledge, but yeah, it's not a, like, I've got to choose something to put out on this day. Cause it's a good day. And it um, wasn't yeah. like, um, let me find the best day. It was more like the download mm. because I was like, <laughs> I have a kind of digital, I have a digital download workshop and I was like, why don't I do a live course? like this mm -hmm. is so like i put that out years ago i think 2019 yeah. like why haven't i done a live course around it and it was yeah. just like oh this is the perfect timing because no matter what to be able to understand the movement through your own chart i think is going to be an invaluable tool moving forward yeah well that's why i asked you because i think if we're moving into a time when i do think spirituality is going to get more grounded is it actually just completely by accident that someone who's like a very grounded voice in spirituality <laughs> is is bringing out this you know what I mean because I yeah. I've worked with a lot of astrologers before and many of them are much more mystical yes. if you're wanting to be polite yes. or um you know the <laughs> the negative expressions of those two but there's a real I think people are want to just gonna want the truth and like just tell me straight I need to change yep what do I actually need to change? So I'm just curious as to whether that was like completely by accident that you felt called to just give us a straight voice next week, basically. Yes, I think it was it was intuitive led by that. And that wasn't like I have to construct something, mm -hmm. you know, that fits this, but it just kind of seemed to make sense. And that's yeah. really what I'm focusing on across the board with all kinds of clients is like, yeah, just getting real about it all. Which is also why you start, you've started doing, um, seeing people more on, on an ongoing basis rather yep. than just doing one reading, because yep. I mean, not a lot can change in, tell me why, actually, I, I don't think I've ever asked you why it just made sense to me that you are. Well, um, I still do the one-offs, but it's like, you can't really get underneath the energy so mm. completely in an hour. And also, you know, you have an aha moment, but we all need accountability and we all need mm. to say like, how are these patterns showing up again and again and again because they do until we get yeah. under these so just hearing the info that's the thing it's like we're overloaded with information information a, yeah but it's like the information isn't going to do much no. unless you're working with it to really peel back the layers and like it's really an opportunity for me to really use all my training for my master's program, which was not astrology, which was spiritual psychology and really support people in transformation because you just can't do it in a one-off hour or checking in, yeah. you know, uh, you know, once a year or, I mean, that's beautiful, no. but yeah. the meaty work and the work that I'm really seeing is, is so powerful when you don't just take the information, but there's the underlying material and you're with. getting into the weeds of seeing exactly all the different ways and areas that it plays out because you can know you have a pattern for example but you i think where the magic really happens is when you can connect like 
oh, this is how the pattern actually looks in my like daily life, right? Exactly. Oh, this is how I'm doing it. This is how I'm perpetuating it because we're blind to our programs. Yeah, we all are. And so we all need that kind of guidance. And I know I do. And so, you know, creating that space. Yeah. And it's really, it's really beautiful to see the changes and the shifts that are occurring in people's consciousness as they take, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't become over-reliant on astrology because yeah. again, it's like we can get just like with human design or Enneagram, or we can get lost in the information yeah. or use it as an excuse. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, how does that help you? Unless yeah. you are, you know, getting off or addicted to that feeling. And then even that will come to, there'll be some kind of wall. You can, you can sway how any of these things affect you based on the consciousness and intention, conscious or unconscious that you're plugging into it. You know, Always. So sometimes people say, oh, well, I feel limited by this. It's like, well, it's not the system that's making you feel limited. It's the, either the way that the person has expressed it that has taught it to you or the way that you're interpreting it or both. But at the same time, it can be the most freeing thing or the most enlivening thing or the most, you know, and I say sobering when I talk about, when I think about you, because it really is this like beautiful, like handing over to like, just looking at truth with a capital T. And I think ultimately we actually crave that, right? We want that almost like wise inner parent, as much as there's a focus on inner child, everybody also wants, and this is why we, I think, um, defer so much to external, like big structures and, you know, big yes. institutions is actually, you just want someone to say like, this is the, this is your way forward. This is your way through. Um, you'll get through yes. it and you can lean on me. And I think, um, you know, the way that you frame astrology, every time I have a session with you is like, yeah, you've got this, but you also need to walk through the fire of like, seeing the things about you that you're not so happy with, you know, that's where the growth comes from, you know, you don't do it in a charged way, like, oh, this trauma and you're a narcissist. (laughs) And, you know, that's the other extreme too. It's just like, well, where are you uncomfortable with still being present? Or where are you, I don't know, not stepping into who you really are? And where are you betraying your desire? Whatever, you know, the subtle things. Subtly. I think that's the other thing. It's like, it's insidious. you know, our patterns and just noticing the subtle ways. And it's interesting because you brought up the institutions thing. I remember in college in a political theory class, I studied this guy named George Lakoff. I don't know if he's still alive, but he was a Berkeley professor and all, you know, politics has been switched around and the parties are kind of, you know, in a a new Mm -hmm. place than they were in early 2000. But he described like left-leaning politics as wanting a soft parent and right-leaning politics as wanting a more disciplinary parent. And the idea that we do, we like look to these political systems to parent us, right? Mm. And that always stuck with me from a psychological standpoint. It's like, we do look to these institutions, like you said, to parent us. And with Pluto moving into Aquarius, it's like, Mm -mm. if that that gets stripped away, so then who are we? And a lot of us, you know, a lot of us were raised by parents who you know were emotionally immature and not terrible people just emotionally immature or learning and it's our job the next generation's job is not to look backwards but to say you know or to look backwards only to say like how can i grow it's like Mm. i think you said this once like they're not supposed to understand us no it's evolutionary right yeah so it's like yeah how do we become our own parent and really you know develop resilience and grit and these qualities that are necessary 
And also we can get a bit of like a charge, a positive charge from that growth edge. Yes. We're in fact, we're likely to get it. And that's that Aries energy. It's like, can you tap into that Ooh. archetype? Ooh, that's interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I guess, um, you know, Venus being there and Jupiter being there, that's, mm-hmm. you know, like we're getting a real, um, a little bit of a help with that, I guess. Exactly. And then the, the sun will join in. And then the other thing, you know, to also think about is that on May 17th, Jupiter moves into Taurus for a year. And in April, 2024, I know this is a while away, but April, 2024, we have Jupiter Uranus conjunction in Taurus. And that feels like, you know, more shifts in the material world and physical world reality, because Taurus is farming, the beauty industry, you know, the environment, the earth, finances. And it's like letting go of this idea that something outside of you is going to save you or be the safety net. And then February of 2026, we have the Saturn-Neptune conjunction in Aries, and that's going to be super interesting. Wow. So, so we have to prepare of- ourselves for these, these, uh, these, um, how do I put that? Those, uh, safety nets to stop falling away. Yeah. We can get a bit of a head start with becoming our own safety net and building our communities, not in othering, you know, other, that's the mm. other thing. Cause I always look to kind of media and storytelling to say what's happening in the collective unconscious. And if yeah. you look at a lot of these stories, like there's a beautiful series called The Last of Us right now on HBO, which is dystopian, but it's also deeply humane. It's like, we need people. Yeah. Right? So like, in order for us to really continue, it's not just like all us or all them, right? It's like, it's really learning the more free I am, the more I can set others free and the more we can all show. It's like, if we're all playing a right part that feels in alignment, then it all sinks into place. It's like not everybody is meant to be the nurse, not everybody's meant to be the blacksmith, and not everybody's meant to be, you know, the welder, etc. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. again, coming back to like, what is my role? Because a lot of times people yes. are like, but should I do that or that or that or that? And that's like can be very mutable, you know, or manifesting generator, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's like, then that's also your superpower. It's not yeah. a liability if you use it in a way of like, well, I can fill in that and I can do that. And I can, you know, it's like, we all have a place here. Yeah, we absolutely do. And I think the through line is whether you do 25 things or one thing, if it's in a line, if you're playing yes. the roles that you are here to play, then everybody fits better together. Yeah. And there's, there's no other way out of this than, <laughs> than being exactly. ourselves and learning to get on with the people who are, who we bump up against, exactly. whether for, whether those are favorable bumps or sometimes unfavorable is like, we shop with, try to shop with love in, in either, in either case, exactly. at least acceptance or, or, or not being triggered by it or not letting it throw us off course. Yep. And that's why I really think, you know, understanding yourself, it's funny. Cause I, you know, astrology was like my first love long before I knew about what human design was. And I use them. So, um, even though they're so different, they're so similar as well. And they, I think if you're following something that has all the roads lead to the same place, but astrology really helps me understand my sort of thinking and my sort of soul and my more of the kind of like psychological level where to me human design is more like the functioning and the and it's yeah. not to say I, that's even too black and white and dogmatic to say that but 
you learn different things about yourself in different places that you seek to learn different things. Always. Um, so, I mean, I'm like so excited for your course and just, it's not for people who want to become astrology readers. No. It's for people who, yeah, just want to understand what's going on in their life right now without having to go to a, you know, maybe pay a lot of money for a session twice a week, which I think we're going to need. <laughs> we are going to need to know this information very often. And yep. so it's almost like making an investment in, in empowering yourself to read the tools rather than always needing, yes. you know, and the also, confusion. And it's like, um, you know, we have these new moons once a month and we have full moons once a month. It's like understanding what does that mean for you? Because you need mm. to be able to understand how to read a natal chart in yeah. order to understand how like Saturn moving into Pisces, how is that going to affect you? Not just reading yeah. the cookie cutter, you know, for everybody who's, let's no. say, a Gemini, it's going to affect people at different times. And understanding yes. all of that, um, I think, yes. is so important. Because there's so many different aspects to it, right? It's like depends on which area of your chart it's in, depends what other planets you have there in your birth chart. It depends exactly. what else it's angling and, and you break that down. So um, just like you make it so simple, even though astrology can be so complicated because of the languaging you use, but also mm -hmm. because of the like, it's almost like you bring, well, very Virgo of you, you bring <laughs> like a system, you bring like a very easy to understand system to it. So, yeah, um, you know, if That's anybody is like, just wanting to navigate the next few months and understand not only what's going on energetically, but also how the energy is specifically affecting them, right? Because it could be affecting you in your area of home and family, or it could be affecting you in exactly. your home and career, completely different things. So exactly. um, I think that's where it, getting into that is where it gets really juicy and interesting, actually. Yeah. And then, and then you have the tools for years to come. Mm -hmm. Which Lord knows we're going to need them. <laughs> 1000%. Um, I'm so pleased that, you know, cause I think also half the thing is just like not allowing yourself to get knocked off course yep. when you know what's coming, you mentally prepare yourself, which means you energetically prepare yourself. Your consciousness is already starting to move to those places. So I'm just also selfishly happy that I got to get a little preview of, of you from March. And then I guess my last question is like, what's your piece of advice on how to prepare our, con like, what's your kind of What's the look best thing where, you can do for your consciousness? You know, I really think look at where we have strong triggers or where we're dogmatic in our thinking mm. and say, how is that dogmatism or my righteousness trying to protect me? Wow. Because I think that's the place where that's the shadow side of Aquarius, right? The righteousness, the like mm. fixed, rigid thinking and, you know, this tribal kind of allegiance i think it's the most dangerous part of it right and again then you could take the highest consciousness which is like we're all here all the stages of you know all the world to play and we're all kind of playing our parts but i do think you know if one is on the path to you know self-actualization and higher consciousness looking at why we're so afraid of I don't know, or maybe, or perhaps, because the other thing is that same rigidity locks us in a box. Yeah. It, it blocks our abundance. It mm -hmm. blocks our experience of presence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Makes absolute sense. And um, to be able to see that again, it just, we're just going to go around and loose because yeah. your astrology can give you, can give you an idea if you're listening to this and yeah. be like, where the F am I rigid? Like your yeah. chart will tell you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no joke.
no joke yep. so yeah it's fascinating well I'm really excited for your course I'm really excited I got a little preview of March from straight from the horse's mouth um and you know there's nothing just to remind people like there's nothing that we're being faced with that isn't you know can't be turned into gold and um so you know these are the tools that instead of I th- almost think nowadays like you know where we need used to need tools like you know, to, to hunt, which yeah. I mean, you know, we'll cycle back to that. And at the end of the day, we're still dependent on those, but we're at a place where we have luxuries of like, these are the tools, right? Yes. Like astrology is the armory and, and human design is the tool and the breath work and the anything else that's working for you. Like that's how you, that's put those in your toolbox. They'll help you. But they always did help, right? They helped celestial navigation helped mm, in terms so of like true. navigating and traveling and, you know, it's always been there. So I think it does also speak to that kind of out of this. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I guess also maybe somewhere in the middle that it was probably when it was cast to the side, but it has actually always been around and not always considered a luxury. Like what you're saying is it wasn't always a luxury. It used to be necessity. 100%. Yeah. I love that. But it's again, like even just within this conversation, there's nothing that is always this or always that exactly. or up or down, or it just always changing. It's subject to, like you said, context matters at the very yeah. beginning of this, of this thing, which is again, the opposite <laughs> of the rigidity. So here we've looped on ourselves like a hundred times and I love it, but that's the way of, that's how it is now. Right. It's not Completely. to, uh, not to stick to one, to one patch of no, keep the life mind works. open yeah. and the consciousness open and see what shows up as for you. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's big. That's yeah. huge. Well, um, if you guys want to join me for the course, it's what is it? Are you Danny Beinstein.com? And Danielle Beinstein.com. Yeah, yeah Danielle they both Beinstein.com. So yeah. there, and that's going to be like next week. Start, we start March the 1st. Yep. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. You're the best. <laughs>